You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you can download podcasts, including your Alexa devices, which is still so creepy. You can also find us on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find content up the wazoo, and I really wanted to use that phrase today, so I'm so grateful. Uh, I am Paul. I'm one of your hosts, and with me today is, well, it's, it's me and Rob today. Rob, how are you? Oh, are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking oh, to you. Oh, right. Your second chair tonight. <laughs> I'm the only person here in the room with you. Well, the this only person that they can see. That they can see. Wait, what? Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming back and joining us. And I should add, too, that I tested out that whole Amazon, uh, the whole thing, asking Alexa and asking Siri. And yes, when you ask to listen to one of the two podcasts, you have to say, uh, like, some, you say, you know, that, and then you say, play the podcast and then say the name of the podcast and that brings it up which is really cool um, speaking of which facebook has just announced that they are i didn't even tell rob this no, i totally I forgot i found out this today at the day the time of recording that facebook is adding a new podcast feature so we are already Ooh. working on how to get approved for that nice. and ronnie and i have been discussing that behind the scenes so when that goes live on facebook we will let you guys know and speaking of facebook you could find us on facebook damn no way <laughs> You can find us at the Multiverse Fancast or the Misfit Faction. Uh, either are great sources for our content. Uh, Rob's been putting out articles on Loki, which we just started watching. We are going to talk about. We will give you a spoiler warning on that when that discussion starts. But I think that's it for the housekeeping. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into some good stuff. So for those of you guys who don't know, we are continuing our Frank Miller, Neil Gaiman type. Uh, it's Miller time. It's Miller time. It is Miller time. But uh, we are talking today. I'm going to tell you guys what we're talking about. Then we're going to talk about some news and topics and where we're at. But we're going to be talking about The Spirit today, which is such a weird movie. Weird, weird movie. I'm giving him no indication as to my feelings. I'm really one. trying to feel Rob out on this one. He's not telling me anything. And I, I love it, but I hate yeah. it. So uh, before we do that, we do have a little bit of just news and kind of uh, the state of the podcast and what we're going to be doing, because obviously it is summertime. Uh, COVID restrictions are lifting. Like everybody's really excited. School's out. We're excited to go back to the movies. Oh. I am super stoked. I know we originally planned on going to see Black Widow at your house, Rob. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I might gonna... go see it in theaters I'm right st- after. I think I might still see it at my house. Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but I think afterwards I'm going to go see it in theaters. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, God. Because... You know, theaters... I, I was initially hesitant, but yeah, it looks better and better every day. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, we also have, like, for cinematic adventures, we have movies that are coming out that we want to review, yeah. like the new Fast and Furious, um, In the Heights, stuff like that, so... It's just nice that the whole Hollywood machine is starting up again. It is, and you know what? It's nice also having HBO Max, where oh, I, only, yeah. I only have to pay $14 a month and I'm getting all these movies. Yeah. Instead of paying thirty dollars a month on Disney Plus, but anyway, what is it that is, it, is Disney Plus? No, Disney Plus for like the new movies, you have to have the oh, premiere stuff. Right. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure I'll be shilling out thirty bucks for Black Widow when it comes around. We'll chip in, but anyway, <laughs> so um, we are we have decided on some of the topics that we're going to be working on over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to list through a lot of them. We'll kind of give some thoughts on it and why we picked what we picked. Yes. Um, so first up, next week you have 
quite a treat for you because I think it might be one of our most uncensored episodes Ooh, of all time. It might not be family friendly. It it probably will not be. So Apple Podcasts, we're sorry in advance. We were talking earlier about some news that came out this week where in the uh, Harley Quinn uh, show that plays on HBO, which is a, a very adult rated show, um, there is foul language, there is violence in there, and there are some sexual situations. And it came out this week that uh, the... Um, <laughs> I'm making rude hand gestures and trying to mess up. He's distracting me. Um, and it came out this week that uh, the showrunners tried to have a scene between Harley Quinn and uh, Batman where... Between Batman and Catwoman. Oh, Batman and Catwoman. Sorry. Uh, where Batman would be... Performing. Well, I, I thought she was performing. No, he was supposed to perform on her. I th- No, wait a minute. So, I got it. All right, go ahead. So Batman was supposed to perform um, oral on Catwoman and okay. Warner Brothers executives came back really fast and they're like no 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 and their reasoning was and this is an actual quote heroes don't do that <laughs> now we're most of us are adults in loving relationships heroes do that but anyway <laughs> that's all we're going to say on that um, but it did inspire us to think what's a topic that we haven't done what's a, what's a superhero concept that we haven't done and um Obviously, it's not sexual encounters between superheroes, which would be hilarious. Here's the actual quote. Here's the actual quote. It says, like you were saying, heroes don't do that. And he came back with saying, are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers? And they said, no, it's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. So that is a a very old studio adage. I get get it. I get get it. it. Um, especially for for children's heroes, Batman. Unfortunately, even though Batman is one of the most violent superheroes of all time, he he's a children's superhero. Yeah. Like I still think of Shazam when he throws the Batman toy at Doctor Savannah, going, "Get him, Batman!" Like Batman is is a, a recognizable feature of of adults and children. Right. Um, he's not like Superman or Captain America, where they're very. They're very straight laced. Like the idea of, like, I think the closest thing we got to Superman having intercourse was uh, Chain Silent or uh, uh, Mall Rats. Well, okay. When they're having the discussion about whether or not Superman and Lois Lane could actually oh, do yes. it. Oh, yeah. yes. Which, which actually stems from a, an old essay called uh, Kryptonite Condoms? <laughs> no, it's, it's Man of Steel, Woman of Tissue. Yes. Is the name of the essay. So. Our next episode, we are going to do a full episode, a full topical episode. Um, it's, I think it's our first topical episode yeah, in quite some time because we've been doing character studies and then movies and the TV. But we are going to do a rated R superhero concept show. We're going to look at some of the characters that are great as rated R superheroes, some characters that need to be rated R, some characters that do well in PG-13 material and but we'll do it in a tasteful way it will be tasteful it, it's not going to be gratuitous for no. the sake of gratuity uh, gratuity but i think we touched base a little bit on it uh for our venom episode where we talked oh, yeah. about characters that can't be pg-13 mm-hmm. um you look at characters like the punisher like wolverine um you, you watch a movie like logan where he benefited from just more the violence aspect than than the language or or the sexual stuff. So I have to rewatch Logan this week, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But um, but, so right. we're what gonna else? do a, a topical episode on on characters or movies that we would like to see in a more rated R setting. Uh, I know I threw out characters like Constantine, who um, is a very sexual character in the comics and a very violent character and vulgar. Um, you know, we have characters like Wolverine, like the Punisher that we mentioned. Uh, I'd love to see more DC characters. You know, mm-hmm. I would I would see a rated R Green Arrow movie where he's actually yeah, yeah. like 
no boxing glove arrows like real like mm-hmm. i mean even arrow kind of teetered the line at some points with how violent oliver queen is is so uh that's going to be our topical episode for next week uh we will do uh maybe a fan feedback friday Ooh. where we we ask you yes. guys who's <laughs> a, who's a character that deserves a radar storytelling um and of course we'll make fun of watchmen S- squirrel girl squirrel oh my R-rated squirrel gun. No, that's a totally different thing. Don't look it up on YouTube or uh, any other websites. But anyway, I think I downloaded the wrong movie. But uh, we are going to follow the rated R superhero uh, week with we are finally going to do Lucifer. Lucifer. Um, we're going to primarily focus on the TV show, uh, yeah. which is a huge departure from from the source material. We'll we'll touch we'll base touch on, on it because yeah. um, obviously they are doing uh, the Sandman uh, Netflix show which uh, it was an inspiration for Lucifer and where Lucifer was introduced. And then, you know, it mainstreamed him to DC Comics. But we thought that would be a nice uh, segue, rated our superheroes into Lucifer. Then following that, we have Black Widow coming out, which oh, yeah. we will, maybe we'll do even do a, if we have a time for a bonus episode or maybe even in the episode, we'll do a, a character re- retrospective because talk about a character that's been in a ton of movies. Like she has a long story. And um, I'm very curious oh, yeah. to see if they're going to do her justice. Which I should add, um, just today, first uh, first res- um, response, first reviews, not re- reactions, that's the word I couldn't come up with. There it is. First reactions from Black Widow came out, and they were all very, very positive. I, I have a feeling it's going to be driven by her character, who is extremely popular, and I think a good supporting cast. Yeah, they're already saying, uh, what's her name, Pew? Um, P-U-G-H, the last name. Oh, the the girl who's playing uh yeah. the new Black Widow basically yeah pretty much they they're saying that she's the standout I can see it um, I really want to see uh, David Harbor oh yeah as Red Guardian but Florence um, Pugh there, we go. there it is so we will do a, a full episode maybe even a bonus episode because over the summer Rob and I are gonna have a little bit more time mm-hmm. to uh, have some fun with you guys and just annoy you basically and that comes out on July 9th all right so and then we have uh Loki we'll do our full retro our full review of it like we did for uh Winter Soldier and our Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision and we'll also do uh a, a really quick kind of quick review we've had so of, th- of Loki so far so this is your, this is your the Loki so far episode yeah, the, the so beginning far. <laughs> the road so far but um so mild spoilers we're not going to get yeah. too far into it but um we have two episodes of Loki that have aired. Uh, I believe there's six. There are six. So we're we're a third of the way done, and yeah. it feels like it just started. Um, for more in-depth reviews, you can check out uh, the Misfit Corner on the MisfitFaction.com. Rob's been. Uh, we'll have our new. I'll have my new review up by Monday. We typically most of our new content comes out on Mondays. The only exception is YouTube stuff typically comes out whenever Podbean decides it's ready to go. Yay, Podbean! So. Um, over the summer, we're going to do a little bit more with the YouTube stuff, and I think Wednesdays are going to be our YouTube day, okay. just so I have a little bit of breathing room between editing. But um, so, so yeah, mild, so, mild spoilers for Loki. Nothing, right. nothing too crazy. Rob, we have two episodes in a character that everybody loved. How are you feeling about Loki, the show so far? All right, I, I when I wrote my first review, I gave the first episode four stars with a question mark, and I wrote, I think. <laughs> And I wanted I, to ask you about yeah. that because I, I do read all your stuff. Like thank, I, I noticed, thank the, you. The first thing, like when the first thing I do is after I post it on Facebook, I immediately click the link and I read it <laughs> because, or actually, yeah, I it. love I, that you assume my editing uh, my editing prowess is sharpened. <laughs> I I lied. I actually read it first because okay. usually whatever I put it like if if you look at our post this week for episode two, I actually put in there does it sink or swim? Did Rob like oh, it? Yeah, I did. So because um, I try and make all of our posts very personal. 
and I try. I spend a lot of. I spend a surprisingly. You're you're a good promoter. I try. I, like I try. Um, but yeah, I I said I think because I I think I I'm not sure yet. It could be fantastic or it could be just middle of the road. I'm not sure yet because I don't see the whole picture yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I I think you know the same was with Wandavision where Wandavision I, I I really couldn't tell what was how good the quality was or, or where they were headed until I saw the whole thing and then I got a better sense of it. Um, you know, whereas Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was initially a lot higher and then it kind of went down. I thought by the end, Oh, okay. yeah, yeah like initially, right. Yeah. like right yeah. away I, for the first few episodes, I was like, wow, I'm so into this. And I, th- I felt like that last episode kind of like, it ended on a whimper. A yeah. yeah. But with this one, I, I think I love it. Um, I know I just watched the second episode and, uh, I don't know every, I don't there, I will say they're throwing so much at you. In a, in a, a lot of a lot of exposition, a lot of exposition, and there's so many things that go by so quickly that uh, if you don't catch it, you know, like I have to watch it a couple times just mm-hmm. to make sure I'm catching everything, and even then I'm not catching it all. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to look online at Easter eggs and, and things like that that I didn't catch. Uh, like this week, I'm sure you saw that um, there was a reveal for who the and here's a mild spoiler for who this Loki variant is, and it's a female Loki. And there are two potential mm-hmm. uh, characters who it could be. Go ahead. Uh, I don't want to say because I don't want to, okay. like, again, I don't want to, also, this is one of those shows where, like, I, I, I'll I, I'll eat my pride and I'll say, you know, when we first were talking about this, I was like, there's only one way it can right. end with Loki's death because he's not supposed to, they resolved that in the very yeah. first episode. So I'm going to keep my judgments to myself okay. on that one. But, um, uh, you know what I'll say. It's either... Enchantress, right. who is a very famous store villain, she's been around for a long time, um, or it's actually Lady Loki, because yeah. in the comic, and the the strengthening of that is they did reveal that Loki is gender fluid, and if you know your Norse mythology, calm down. <sighs> like a lot of people like jumped like, why does it have to be like? It, because why Loki- does it have to be girl Loki too? We're including everybody. I, you know, Loki in mythology. The, the giant wolf that Hulk beat the crap out right. of is his kid. Yes. So, that, that, that's... Or something. Um, oh, God. Like, it's going to drive me crazy. Fenrir. Fenrir. That's, Fenrir. I'm thinking Harry Potter. I know, I, know my, I know my Norse mythology, but um, I, 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 I kind of agree with you, Rob. I'm not sure how yeah. I feel about it. There are things that I love about it. I love Owen Wilson. Melanie hates him just because she hates Owen Wilson. Well, Lauren does too, but, actually. But even like watching, the, t- the two of them have a great dynamic. There's a neat, and I'm going to write about this in this week's uh, review, that there's this episode in particular had very much of a procedural buddy cop feel to it. Um, you know, especially with the opening scene of a crime, and then we're trying to figure it out as it goes along. And and the thing I love about Owen Wilson is he's just as smart, if not smarter yeah. than Loki. You have a real sense that Mobius has been around and doing this for a long time. And seeing He's somebody outsmart like some of the best highlights of the Thor movies was when Thor was like, I outsmarted Loki. <laughs> Yay. Like, uh, what was it? When he puts the track the the electric shock thing on him and he's like, Oh brother, we go around and around. But he's so proud of himself when he hits the oh, button. Yeah. I love the scene in the first episode of Loki where I forget what Loki says and and Mobius just goes you're a big metaphor guy. I love that. It makes you sound really smart. And Loki goes, well, I am smart. Yeah, and Mobius just goes, yeah, you are. And it's a kind of a, a condescension in his voice there of like, I know you need to hear that you're smart, so yeah. I'm going to pat you. Like, it's, it's clearly he's still the smarter one in that conversation. And, you know, a lot of, I really, for me, this show has, they've already said that it's going to impact the Marvel Universe in mm-hmm. a big way. And this episode seemed to show that. 
it it needs to yeah. unfortunately like it needs to uh, like as much as i love wandavision it suffers the same problem that iron man 2 did no bearing not even it's set up yeah set up this is this is set up for watch our next thing and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, unless they're going to say we're doing a new Avengers movie where Sam Wilson's trying to reunite the Avengers, right? Where are we at the end of it? You know, this one might actually be a pivotal changing point for the Marvel universe, it especially need, with especially this. with the Multiverse of Madness yeah. coming out and Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, I, I'm excited, but also at the same time, it's uh, same thing. I'm like, I need to see the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I think I will end up loving it. I also just I love Tom Hiddleston. I I think he he's does carry the, the show and Owen with Wilson. Everything he does, good supporting cast. It's very small. Yeah, like you have uh, characters with no names, like C twenty nine and uh, you know something fifteen and yeah. So a lot of like code names and and oh, Hunter fifteen. That's Hunter fifteen. Yeah. And also, I'm still getting major Legends of Tomorrow vibes. <laughs> I know. And, yeah, and I, and I hate it because I love Legends of Tomorrow. But um, that see, for me, Legends of the Tomorrow is more like a Doctor Who kind of feel. To yeah, it, but when they they mentioned the word anachronism, anachronistic, anachronism, anachronism. There it is. Edit. But um, they mentioned it in yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. It's like a season long oh, yeah. plot point. So to hear it on on Loki, I'm like. I do like the whole like 1970s aesthetic to the whole place where it's this kind of groovy hangout that really is kind of timeless where they read jet ski magazines and I'm drink still, outdated sodas. I'm still really upset that they downplayed the importance of the Infinity Stone so bad. Oh my God, when they're in the drawer. Yeah, some of them use like We're using the, this paper the, the memes have been fantastic. Yeah. Like we use them as paper rates and you just see like Natasha, Thanos and like Vision all like, oh, I died for those. I do like that about the Marvel Universe that every once in a while they'll take something that you thought was the most important thing in the world and they'll just turn it on its head and show you really it wasn't that important to begin with. Yeah, but like in all honesty, had Loki had the Tesseract when he went back in time, guess what? That thing's fully powered. Yeah. But it is established Marvel canon that the Infinity Stones only work in the universe that they are in. Uh, Screw Attack is a, a... web series that does uh, something called Death Battle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen Death I Battles. I have, yeah. They did one, Thanos versus uh, Darkseid. That's and not the claymation one, is it? No, they do a lot of different... No, you're, thinking... you're thinking Celebrity Death Yeah, Battle. okay. <laughs> and somebody's age was just... Oh, no, oh my gosh. I watched those. I, I watched MTV. that I know, right? But uh, they did Darkseid versus Thanos, and mm-hmm. spoiler alert, Darkseid comes out on top. And the reason was because Thanos' Infinity Stones don't work everywhere. Right. You know, and that that's established Marvel canon. I think uh, Reed Richards had like his own Infinity Gauntlet in one universe, and like they they all came into like different universes, and they're like snapping away, yeah. and nothing's happening. I will say one thing that I'm having trouble with with this Loki, and this isn't a bad thing, mm-hmm. um, is because it's the Loki from 2012. It's the very evil d- Loki, and it's not the Loki that we love from Ragnarok. But who's... if we show you this highlight reel, <laughs> like it's funny seeing him because he went from you know really evil guy to really really good guy back to really evil guy. He just stabbed Coulson forty-two minutes ago. I know. So yeah, it's, it's, it's and it's it's interesting to see that dynamic. And that's what about. I was afraid of. I was afraid that they would make him too good after just seeing his montage. Yeah, uh, they, he's still pretty evil, and it's. I think that's neat because we, we're still guessing as to where he's going and where his. But you know uh, what? When uh, that other female agent, the one that's like been busting his balls, that's. When, I think that's Hunter Fifteen. When she drops, he immediately goes to like. Goes check there, on there are still signs yeah. of. Loki being a good-ish guy, I'm fine with anti-hero Loki, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I hate Heroes was famous for I don't know. Did you watch Heroes? I watched it. Yeah. Siler becomes an anti-hero, oh, yeah, yeah. and it, it it really, 
it's done well at the ends, but mm-hmm. when they try it in the middle, it just doesn't. It falls so flat. I'm like, yeah. he's he's bad. Like they're, they're sometimes villain. Unfortunately, villains when they're well liked become antiheroes. Mm-hmm. That's just Venom, um, even Wolverine to a point. Like right. he became more heroic. Heroic. I can't speak. Um, as he became more popular. Yeah. But um, we'll leave that at Loki. Yeah. Uh, following Loki, we are going to talk about uh, Titans. They just released not only their first yep, teaser, teaser, which included uh, the Red Hood and uh, Joker's crowbar scene. Mm-hmm. Very, very brief very shots. Jason Todd. Um, and I don't know if you if you guys have watched Titans. Jason Todd has been one of my personal favorites. I, I'm a big fan of the character, um, especially after he came back as Red Hood. And say what you will about Titans' writing structure and their 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 writing direction, their costumes are on. Point. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Robin suit looked fantastic when they first revealed it. They, they're uh, Starfire's getting her costume this season. Raven's getting hers. Hawk and Dove still look great. Nightwing looks great, and now Red Hood. It's no, like it's no, it's no Teen Titans Go. I hate Teen <laughs> Titans Go. I hate it passionately because I was such a big fan of Teen Titans. <laughs> and then the last thing we're going to talk about before we take a break is um, Green Lantern. So we just did our full retro on Green Lantern. And uh, by the way, great numbers. Thank you guys so much yeah. for, for all your love and support um, for its 10th anniversary. And ironically, right after, because I think we were a little ahead of the curve. We were always a little ahead of the curve. We have two pieces of Green Lantern, or three actually, three okay. pieces of Green Lantern news that we want to share. Number one, Zack Snyder did release um, the concept oh, footage, yes. the concept From art of... Justice League. I am so... like. It, if you listen to our Snyder Cut episode, <laughs> yeah. I was very, I, know I was how much very. You, you wanted that. Well, not even, I really enjoyed the Snyder Cut. Um, I'll never watch it in its entirety again. No. But I also I respect the fact that a it got done and b. Same here, yeah. A- Avengers would have been a four-hour movie. Movies get cut down. Like that's just the way that they work. Mm-hmm. Like Titanic has an extended cut, and that had an intermission when I saw it in theaters. It's not an uncommon practice for movies to be shot four, five, six hours long. And I think we talked about this in the episode. And then cut, get cut down. Two mm-hmm. hours, three hours, whatever it is. I could see Zack Snyder's Justice League being a three-hour movie. But unfortunately, what happened was they show this concept art. And I think Green Lantern would have been a much... I, as much as I love seeing Martian Manhunter... Right. It didn't make sense as Martian Manhunter. It down, I'd rather they, they left his one scene with, with Lois Lane... Mm-hmm. And then set him up for the next movie. And then have Green Lantern be like, hey. Because it made more sense as to why Martian Manhunter, like, why would he be on the sidelines? Yeah, I didn't make, I didn't like But that. to have Green Lantern be like, hey, yeah, we just heard about this guy, Darkseid, who's coming here. Like, I'm here to help. And there's clearly a Green Lantern monitoring this sector. Yes, and it was Jon Stewart. And, like, that would have been, I think it would have been really cool. Uh, second piece of news is John Diggle has made his return to uh, the Arrowverse. I am not watching Batwoman. I, I I will be honest. I I stopped Batwoman after the uh, yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earths because it just it wasn't it wasn't my show. Um, I am still watching Flash. I love Superman and Lois. Uh, I gave up on Supergirl unfortunately, and Stargirl I really enjoy. But John Diggle has made his return. He's doing a, a five episode arc on all the shows, so they will. <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Allergy season. Cut that out in the post. No, we won't. Enjoy my sneeze, everyone. Now I'm going to cut out the sneeze and everybody's going to be like, what? <laughs> but um, John Tiggles made his return. He will have an episode arc where they talk about him and him not taking the Green Lantern ring. So I'm excited to see that. But then uh, the last piece of news is 
Stargirl just released its season two trailer. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, Stargirl has been relegated to Earth 2 after Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it deals with the Justice Society of America and their successors. Very comic-related. But um, they just revealed that Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern, who was more of a magical Green Lantern as opposed to a traditional Green Lantern, who was also an openly gay character, had a daughter. Now, as long as they have to be careful how they write it, but I think it can be done in some respects. Yeah, they yeah, just have yeah. to do that, it tastefully. I mean, is is Berlanti involved in it? Yes. Okay, then he'll do it right. He, he always does. Yeah, like the CW shows, for, for as much flack as sometimes we give them, um, especially Supergirl, which kind of took their agenda and was like, here's our agenda. Here's our agenda. And we're like, no, we want to, we want Supergirl beat the crap out of people. Like, we like that. Um, they, they always really were good with, with inclusion of characters. Yeah. Um, you know, whether they're black, gay, straight, white, blue, whatever it is, green, Martian Manhunter, they always did a really good job not only including those characters, but also giving reason for them being there and justification and great storylines. Uh, Martian Manhunter on Supergirl has always been really good. Um, I think they to the point where they even made John Jones uh, play a, a black character in the traditional comics. So that was a st- I think that started on Smallville, and sometimes it's just about casting the right actor. Um Especially for a shapeshifter, like who cares? Nobody does. But um, I'm really excited. There's a lot of cool Green Lantern stuff, and yeah. obviously Green Lantern Corps. Uh, the show is coming yeah, out. You said soon. it right. I did. I really worked hard <laughs> on that one. He usually says Green Lantern Corps. Corps. I don't know what it is. It's the it's the silent S. <laughs> so I, I send him pictures of green of dead Green Lanterns whenever he says that. I call that Black Lanterns. All right, in Darkest Night storyline, but um. I think that's going to wrap us up on news. We're going to take a and quick break. Oh, did, yeah, more. Uh, no, just one quick thing. We did not forget that it was there was a request for a character study done for Robin, and we will be working on that as we get closer to Titans. I think that would be a fantastic yes, idea. There was one of our, our, our intrepid fans out there made a suggestion to me to say, to say that. And I think for something like that, we won't just talk about Dick Grayson. We no. will talk about, I think, Jason Todd. Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, who is getting introduced mm-hmm. to Titans, uh, Carrie Kelly. And we can talk a little bit about Stephanie yeah. Brown, but I don't, I'm not too familiar with You're her. I'm going to have to do my homework. Uh, there have been a lot of Robins. and <laughs> Yes, we'll work on that this summer. I can't wait to talk about all the undertones. But anyway, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about 2008's mm-hmm. The Spirits. Woo-hoo. But first, a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. All right, we are back, and we are discussing this. This movie is so weird. All right, now, I'll start off by saying that at this point, Paul and I have not shared our opinions at all about this. In fact, this this movie was my suggestion because uh, I saw— It was on our list. We, I, well, I, 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 well, that's true. It was on the list, and then I saw you know Frank Miller. I'm like, well, let's put a bunch of Frank Miller together, and then we'll do like a Frank Miller study. And I knew nothing about this movie other than it came out in 2008. It has sort of a Sin City kind of like feel to it with the visuals. And I know it came out on Christmas and I know it bombed. And I know that I saw it in 
theaters. <laughs> and that's all I know about it. So I didn't watch it for the first time until just about five or six days ago. So I, I, he knows nothing of what I'm about to say. All right, so let's do a little background on it first, and then we will discuss it. So this is one of the – I think it's the first and only Frank Miller-directed movies. It is. First and last. Yes. Frank Miller directed this himself. He was very passionate about getting it done. It's based on the comic book, sh- the comic strip, The Spirit by Will Eisner. Yeah. Will Eisner was a huge influence in uh, Frank Miller's life. He and Frank – I watched – I watched so many documentaries this week on Frank Miller and Will Eisner because he, he, Will Eisner was always a a huge influence in his life, and he grew up reading Will Eisner, and he met and and was mentored by Will Eisner for many many years, and they became very very good friends for a while, and and he really wanted to do something to pay homage to Will Eisner's life, and so that's why he directed this movie because I believe it was about came out three years after Will Eisner died, around that time, yeah. yeah. Now, The Spirit himself, the actual comic, was uh, started in the 1960s, and The Spirit was a very atypical, neo-noir-type character, very much in the vein of characters like Dick Tracy, The Phantom, and then later on, characters like The Question, where he, he didn't have the, pow- shadow. the shadows. The shadows. What we do in The Shadows. <laughs> Just one. No, The Shadow, which is another movie one day we will do, too. The Shadow? Oh, oh yeah. God. I guess With uh, Adam Baldwin. Yeah. Alec. Alec, excuse me. Yeah, and then Billy that Zane. I, that'll show me my age. I saw yeah. that one in the theaters. And then Billy Zane as the Phantom. <sighs> yeah. But um, the Spirit was one of those detective-type characters. But it was really Ben Affleck who was the bomb in Phantoms. He was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> Phantoms like a word I can't say on this family-friendly podcast. But, Sorry. Uh, Continue. So the Spirit was one of those characters that... He, he was a detective. They rarely talked about his secret identity, quote-unquote, or who he was. Um, and he he was just, I'm going to beat people up. He did do crossovers with characters like Batman. He eventually did in the 1990s. Um, he a little bit more popular after, ironically, after the movie. But uh, Brad Bird wanted to do an animated film about him. Yes. So he was a... A, a C-list character, but he was never like a super unpopular character. Back when newspaper strips were were very popular, he was he was up there. Um, you know, it it sucks that this is the movie that we're gonna remember him for, and most mainstream audiences are too. So, like we said, the movie came out in uh, 2008, December 25th, 2008 to be specific. 103 minutes long, and had a budget of 60 million dollars, and it yeah. made. 39 that is that's rough um this movie has one of the best casts you'll ever see like sam jackson so i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna list it through we have a gabriel mack mocked i know nothing about him he was very big on suits 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 was his his big big role and he does i know nothing about he does have my favorite line in the entire movie when he's walking out of the infirmary and he's like, somebody get me a tie. And it sure as hell better be red. I was like, he's trying so hard to save this movie. I still haven't said my opinion on this movie. That, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. But um, The Spirit was one of his only movies. Like, uh, Suits yeah. is his real big uh, claim to fame. Uh, we had Johnny Simmons playing a young Denny Colt. 
Uh, Johnny Simmons, I really From Scott Pilgrim, right? Scott Pilgrim, yes, The Perks really. Being a Wallflower, um, Jennifer's Body. Like I, he's an actor who I enjoy whenever he's on because he can he can do like the 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 young Neil from Scott Pilgrim, young Neil. or he can do uh you know he's in Twenty One Jump Street for like a cameo and like Jennifer's Body. He's great as Chip, but um I I enjoy him. Then we have uh let's see going down the list uh Sam Sam Jackson. I've never heard of this I actor. Know, he's new on the scene. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson as the octopus who hams it up to nobody's oh uh, surprise. Like he he really gives I, his all to this movie. I would be hard pressed to find a film that he doesn't ham it up more than in this. There was a uh, Roger Ebert in his review for this film said that he compared him to this famous uh, um, ambassador who attributed his success in life in that every time he sat down to eat he would chew each bite 32 times oh yeah like Dan, Danny believe, Tanner does that too I believe Sam Jackson is doing that with every scene that he's oh in God, every time but he he makes this movie fun like his his outfits and his his grand fun, fun? is that a word we want to use here? he whenever he's on screen it's always entertaining to a point you have Scarlett Johansson I can't look away I'll tell you that much yeah that much you have Scarlett Johansson speaking of can't looking away this movie has some of the most beautiful women of Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, you have Scarlett Johansson as Silken Foss Silken Floss Silken Floss yes uh, both se- those names yeah the uh, the right hand woman to the octopus kind of the, the straight man to his crazy man you have Ava Mendez as Sans Serif and oh my lanta I've learned that she's married to Ryan Gosling. Is she really? I know. <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> we need look to look this up I do. to confirm this. She's been in a relationship with Ryan Gosling since 2011. They have two daughters. Good for yes. him. In fact, that's why you don't see her anymore because she took time off to raise her kids. But they're just dating. They uh, With two kids, you might as well be yeah. married. Oh, my God. I think wow. at this point, she's probably common law wife as far as the law is concerned. Yeah. Uh, first... Uh, First time Does, I ever saw Eva Mendez? Yeah. Will Smith's Miami video. <clears throat> she plays one of the girls in the car. She, she, I have to say, yeah, wow, she is really one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. And in this movie, too, yeah. when she's like, oh, my towel. Oh. We're all like, <laughs> D- turn the camera down. Not that I would ever objectify anyone. No. But um, you have a, and she's played by a young Seychelle Gabrielle, who I, I do enjoy. She was on the show Falling Skies. I really enjoy her as an actress. Mm-hmm. She's, she's got a lot of, a good future ahead of her. You have Sarah Paulson before yeah. she got like really big with American Horror Story and stuff like that as uh, the only one with a normal name, Ellen Dolan, mm-hmm. uh, the police commissioner's uh, daughter. And, uh, and you have a lot of, she's they, a surgeon and Emmy. Right. Like they don't really, she's, she works in the hospital. Yeah, about Dan Loria from The Wonder Years. Good old Dan Loria. <laughs> He's Commissioner so great. Dolan. I'm going to mess up some of these names. Stana Katik as Morgan Stern, a spunky rookie police officer. Uh, Her uniform is not regulation under any circumstances, and neither is that giant like cannon she has at the end. And don't forget Louis Lombardi. As Phobos, Logos, Pathos, Ethos, Bolos, Huevos, and Rancheros, Mangos, Adi... Adios and amigos. I was doing so well. He was, there's one point that says dildos on his shirt. Probably, um, but the the clone henchman, which is I thought was a funny trope, but um, he got old quick in this movie. Uh, Jamie King as Lorelai as, Rocks, yeah. uh, fan, as, uh, death, pretty as much. the angel of death. Paz Vega as the plaster of Paris, and and it goes and on and on and on. Yeah, that's the that's pretty much the cast though. All right. All right. 
we're going to talk about some things we like about this movie. We're going to talk about how bad this movie is because I, I, I can tell enough, knowing Rob for so many years, <laughs> that I can tell he is holding back his utter disdain for this movie. It's way more complex than that. Oh, it's, it's right. way more complex. Have you ever heard of a film called The Day the Clown Cried? I've heard of it. I have never seen it. No one has. Well, well, that was that was just mean. You set me up. For <laughs> have failure. you ever heard of it? I I said okay. I've heard of it. What do you know about it? Yeah. It's a very sad movie about this poor clown. I know nothing about it. I'll be I'll be <laughs> it honest. It stars Jerry Lewis. Okay. Um, and is it about the, the Pavelotti or no no? Okay. Oh. It's it's a 1972 film by Jerry Lewis that I'm definitely not looking um, up right now. Starring Jerry Lewis, who plays oh, fetish. He plays a clown whose job is to lead children to the gas chamber during Nazi Germany. Oh my God, I have heard of this movie. Okay. Oh yeah. So he finished the film and upon finishing the film, he realized what he had done and he promised never to show it ever. He showed it to a few people, one of which was Harry Shearer. This is Harry Shearer's quote and I think this pretty much embodies my feelings for the spirit. He says... With most of these kinds of things, you find that the anticipation or the concept is better than the thing itself. But seeing this film was really awe-inspiring in that you are rarely in the presence of a perfect object. This was a perfect object. This movie is so drastically wrong. Its pathos and its comedy are so wildly misplaced that you could not, in your fantasy of what it might be like, improve upon what it really is. Oh my God. That's all you can say. That's a, that, that's a savage review. <laughs> that is exactly that is a rough how review. I feel about this movie. I can't, first of all, I can't believe I haven't seen it up until this point. I feel as if my life has been empty until I've seen it. And like, finally, I feel like my, I'm complete. I was so shocked by this movie. I watched it twice this week. Wow. I watched it first on its own just with my mouth on the floor. The second time I watched it with the, this director commentary on because I'm like, he needs to explain himself with this. So I listened to Frank Miller and the producer, I forget her name off the top of my head, uh, do the commentary because I wanted to know what the actual hell is he thinking with this? It is so all over the place. It is so tonally dissonant that I... I can understand why Roger Ebert said this was his mo one of his most loathed movies, but I also don't understand how this film has not become a midnight cult hit. All right, so fun fact, it is a cult hit. Okay. Um, while I was doing research on this and doing uh, posts about it today, I, I, I did a little research on Facebook especially. It has 70,000 fans on Facebook. Wow. And there are a lot of people that are like, this is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. This, the Spirit is a perfect example of the transition of comic book movies. It is 2008, so this is after Batman Begins, right? So right. a lot of people say that The Dark Knight and Iron Man, because they came out, yes. people forget that they came out the same, same year, like, same like two months apart. Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, they do a great bit at one of the MTV Movie Awards where Robert Downey Jr., and this is right after it, he's reading like a news article about how great Iron Man did, and a kid goes... Yeah, it's pretty good until Dark Knight comes out. <laughs> Christian Bale, kick your ass. And it's really funny, but um, it's it, people tend to forget that th that year was Iron Man, The Dark Knight, and The Incredible Hulk. The start of the MCU yeah. and arguably, and I think Rob and I can both agree yeah. with this, one of the best comic book Absolutely. movies and definitely top 
five of DC movies ever. So you're in this you're in this renaissance now that's just starting and and 2008 drops this and this is the transition i I like to when people ask me about this movie i always say this is when we were at the the x-men level of goofiness because the first x-men movie is not a masterpiece it is a very water wings on kind of movie where they played it safe as much as they could no colorful costumes, no code names. You know, they, they mentioned the code names for like half a second and then they never address it again. He was allowed to say bub one time. You know, this was that time where they weren't sure if, you know, you got your Fantastic Four and your Rise of the Silver Surfer. Right, and a couple you're, years after that. So yeah. you're in this this transition period where even Iron Man is, Iron Man's a more serious, they pick their tone a little bit better. The problem with the spirit was they took a lot from a, they took a lot from different comic book movies, put it all together in a blender, and was like, Frank Miller directing. Yeah. See, here's the thing. In listening to the commentary, I really believe that Frank Miller made the movie he wanted to make. That this is absolutely... Like, he looks at this and he's like, I nailed it. And He was Zack Snyder before <laughs> Zack Snyder. I'll say it. I will say it. And as much as I love Zack Snyder and I will defend him... This was this is it. <sighs> like here's the thing that I got from the commentary from listening to him, and I, not only did I watch the commentary, but there I watched every special that's on this Blu-ray. Oh my God, you're my hero. I, I, I there was one just about Frank Miller. There was one about Will Eisner. About Frank. I, I was I became obsessed this week with the spirit because I couldn't believe something like this could exist. And Frank Miller, like here's it. It reminded me of the quote from Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park when he says. You all, something about like you always thought about what you could do, but you never thought about whether you should could do it. it. Yep, yep. And that was really what I thought about this movie was that he kept coming up with all these ideas, but never thought, is this a good idea? Like I'll give you an example. Um, the 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 logos, the pathos, the, all those guys. He, that was just an idea. He he said in the commentary about how um, we had all of these sort of henchmen in the background. And they were sort of these non-distinct kind of uh, bland henchmen. And we thought, why not just make them one person that just gets cloned over and over again? Which is a great idea, but (laughs) this movie also has 17 different genres in it. Which I I get because he talks about – and I – I looked at Will Eisner's stuff from from uh, the from the Spirit, and uh, it is kind of a genre mashup at times. For, well, first of all, I should say, um, if you're looking for old Will Eisner stuff, um, this is, this is you a, are, good luck finding it. I'll, so many, so much of it has been canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main reasons is because the Spirit used to have a sidekick who was a a very bad black stereotype um yeah. the the big lips the very the very old school animation style it, it looked very much like al jolson in in when al jolson used to wear his uh, a black face yeah um and it's it's horribly offensive so that's why you don't find a lot of will eisner stuff you know put together into compendiums and stuff like that you can find a lot of reboots of the the spirit fun fact the, the name of the character is ebony white oh god yeah oh. but um that that was a very old, very old fashioned trope. Um, I I hate to hear that it was in the 1960s for this because that's when the spirit yeah. came out. Like you you have Disney properties like Song of the South or um, 
uh, what's another good? D- Looney Tunes had a lot of blackface type characters. Um, more recent, I, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan. I love me some Dragon Ball Z. They have a character in there named Mr. Popo, who is a genie. Okay. And he's a black-skinned genie. Okay. Which was, in, it's more in keeping of the, the traditional Middle Eastern type genies. But everybody's like, well, he's blackface. And they're like, no, he, we, we did our research. He's a genie. Like, that, that's what he did. Right, right. So, but they had to defend it. Uh, Pokemon. We, Rob and I both enjoy some Pokemon. We play Pokemon Go. We've done raids together. We we are we're, we're best friends on Pokemon Go. Hey. Not so much in real life, but no. Um, <laughs> There's a couple of Pokemon. Jinx. That's a little... Jinx got completely redesigned. If you look at the original design for Jinx, she had black skin um, and big Nicki Minaj looking lips. Yes, there's there's another one too. A lot of a lot of Pokemon got redesigned because people thought that they were they were racial stereotypes, and unfortunately. Ludiculo. Yeah, uh, Ludicolo. Ludicolo. What's, Ludicolo. what's the uh, original two of those? That's that's the evolved form. I forget. Oh, uh, uh, I can see that. It no, that's uh, shift rate. Uh, Lotad, Lombre, and right. Ludicolo. Like those are some pretty racist Mexican stereotypes. stereotypes. Yeah. I, I like when I saw it on my screen. I'm like, oh my gosh! Yeah, how, how are they getting away with this? Oh yeah, Pokemon got away with a lot, and uh, like growing up with the Pokemon like phase. Yeah, it it was it's like there were there were Nazi accusations, there was plagiarism accusations. There, you know. Speaking of Nazis, speaking of Nazis, segue. <laughs> you love it. Uh, there is a whole Nazi scene in this movie that what? just does not need to be the there. Hell, like I I feel like Scarlett Johansson's agent called her on that day and was like, um. Maybe no. I, I I gotta I gotta give it to Scarlett Johansson that I think she's actually the funniest one in this film because she she's she plays it straight she's, she plays it totally straight completely looking straight ahead while Sam Jackson is doing all this craziness and she comes in the phone and it's, it's for you sir like she has great comic timing in this film yeah and um, uh, it's not told Jojo Rabbit that uh, oh my gosh then it's okay devastating yeah I had the pleasure of being in the same room as Scarlett Johansson. I saw her on stage in Broadway um, in a an Arthur in a, She's in got a, warm in here in an Arthur Miller play, and she was really amazing. First movie I ever saw Scarlett Johansson in, Home Alone three. She plays the older sister of the main character. I think the first time I saw her was in Ghost World. Oh, solid, yeah. solid callback. But um, this movie is is so unique, and and we it's fun because like. With with a severe lack of comic uh, content, we've gotten a chance to really look back at some older stuff, and this movie had every indication that it should have been legendary. It was right off the the heels of like movies like Sin City, you know, and we just did our Sin City and Sin City: A Dame to Kill for yeah. uh, retro reviews. You know, we did our three hundred retro review, uh, both of which got great numbers. I was nice. really surprised with with how much people um, enjoyed hearing. Some some older stuff, especially three hundred, but also that's because Zack Snyder he's right. at his renaissance right now, which is such yeah. a testament. Everyone likes an underdog. <laughs> Easy, but um, you know it's funny. Rob and I will both agree on this, and I, I, we even did in the beginning of the episode. It's so fun. It's it's nice to see character creators kind of get their 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 not not comeuppance. That's a terrible word for it, but like finally get their due. Like their due, yeah. Um, Zack Snyder's say what you will about his filmmaking style, but he. You know, we both enjoyed 300, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, we we have moments of Watchmen that we really like, but like the show better. Um, yes. Zack Snyder's Justice League, we sat in the same room and watched it, oh, the yeah. whole thing. And, you know, I, even Rob will say, like, there are parts of it that he enjoyed. There are parts mm-hmm. of it that I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed more of it than he did. But, like, for Zack Snyder, he's an acquired taste. You either love him or you right. don't. You can't stand him. But, like, 
this was this was that time where it was a very stylized comic book movies where they weren't sure why don't we just take the comic book and make it a movie and not just DC you had uh, Ang Lee's Hulk at around the same time right. where they they structured it like a comic book with the with the transitions and the and the cinematography so Sin City should have been wonderful and, and the first one was. Oh, excuse me, not Sin yeah. City. Uh, oh, the, the spirit. spirit. The spirit yeah. should have well, been and, wonderful. Well, and let's compare that for a second. That like the spirit, Sin City was a great because because I thought I, I went back and I was reading some reviews and I specifically uh, was reading Roger Ebert, who is is if you know me, you know he is probably he is my personal hero. Uh, I love Roger. I hate I, him. I got the honor of meeting him once, and it I, was, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a high, one top five moments of my life. He, he, I love movies because of Roger Ebert, which is totally fair. And you know, obviously, I, I respect him. I really, right. I really, You're really more do. Of a Gene Siskel. I, I don't like either of them. Uh, okay. um, simple reason: they just remind me of how the, the movie business is is a constantly evolving mm-hmm. and changing and growing industry, especially with comic book movies. There's a big disconnect between people saying what the quality of a film is, like the audience saying right. it, versus oh, the critics, critics and especially the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards for yeah. me is a very antiquated and old-fashioned I, I style. But um, Ebert, I know, tried to bridge that gap in being sort of the everyman, which, which is why where they came up with the thumbs up, thumbs thumbs, thumbs down, down, because yeah. they they're like you know what an everyday person can identify with that, which is you know. I, again, respected, yeah. but you also have like a like an act, uh, director like Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. who's like comic book movies aren't film. Right. Like, of course they. I get what course, he's saying. I get what he's saying, but you know, then he makes The Wolf of Wall Street, where yeah. he antiquates a film with how many times you can use a pers- you know a word, um, holds the record. But um, but Ro- Roger Ebert, I went back and saw and read what he wrote about Sin City. And he actually gave it four out of five stars. And he, mm-hmm. he thought it was amazing. He thought it was a great blending of, of style, mannerisms, and, and pulp storytelling. And that's why the spirit fails. Exactly. Because had they gone a more just they had to pick their tone better. Yeah. Had they gone with a more serious detective style noir, I think it would have been really good. Had they instead because basically they, they started off with a more serious tone. But then they had like the goofy effects of him running on the oh, wires, yeah. like getting, they, getting a toilet over the head, the um, uh, um, the swimming scenes, like uh, getting hit in the crotch with a giant Allen wrench. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, him, him hanging from the the clock or whatever, like outside with his pants falling, with his pants falling down, and all the women are like, "Yeah." Where like, like, there's a horrific melting of a cat. Yeah, I can't show this movie to Melanie. She, she actually, I, I, he was saying on the commentary that they actually had created a, a melting animatronic cat, and they said it was so horrific they couldn't use it. I, I don't, I don't doubt it. But this movie, it's all style. Like, there's, there's no character development. There's no, un, there's no storytelling. It's all just like Ebert in his review said that to call these characters cardboard is an insult to pecking materials. The by the end of the movie, no character has made any progress, no. especially the spirit. Um, you know, like yeah, he's like, "Well, I want to be alive." Okay, but you still treat like all these characters like dirt. Yeah. I mean, compare that with like Bruce Willis's character from Sin City and his complicated relationship with, uh, with Jessica Nancy Alba, and, yeah. with Nancy, yeah, little Nancy Callahan, like that's storytelling and that's character development. Whereas with this, 
it's all just like the closest you get is Ava Mendez's yeah. character. She gets a little bit of development, but uh, and it's so all of it is so juvenile. Yeah, like her, like photocopying her butt, um, and the whole movie is like nothing but butts and boobs, like like and and and, and, and like you know. But all right, there is a certain level of butts and boobs that appeals to the older man. But there's also there's that sort of sixth grade <laughs> butts so, and boobs like that. So this kind of disclosure. Has. 2008. Uh-huh. I had just gra- I graduated high school in 2005. Okay. So I was about I was about 20 when this movie came out. I was at a good age for it. Ava Mendez was was smoking hot at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, I'm not just talking about her physically, but career wise. Like oh, yeah. this was around the time of Hitch and and all Fast these. Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious. Um, training she, Training Day. Training Day, like she she was big at the time. Yeah. So she she was probably the biggest name I knew at the time besides uh, Sam Jackson. Even Scarlett Johansson hadn't hit her stride no, yet. No, she had not. Um, she was then, not Black Widow at the time. No. Um, so for me, like this movie, I was at the right age for it. I think if I had been younger, I probably would have appreciated it even more. Yeah. Because I, I do have a soft spot for this movie. Um, I can see it having a cult following and and see, you know, some some of it is fantastic. Some of the cinematography is really oh, good. Oh, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's if you're gonna do a detective noir type movie, commit. I yeah, I would say that there's probably a good ten minutes in here that is really just superb. Solid. Um. You but know, it just wavers between all these tones with with those the the clones and everything, and then there's a a foot with a head jumping around on it. For and some then they reason. also get into like mystical god territory, uh, like and they always say Heracles, and I know that's the proper pronunciation right. and the, the traditional pronunciation, and but I, you know Hercules, like there's the Golden Fleece for Golden some Fleece reason. of Jason, and it's like it, they don't they, they don't know what they want to do, no. and it's also like I was never a big spirit fan as a kid. No. Um, so I, I don't know it that well, but from what I read this week, though, it doesn't seem to match this. No. Well, I he said this, um, Frank Miller. He said that um, I took. He said I took the spirit and and smashed all of you know the the expectations and made it my own thing. He said, and Will Eisner would have wanted me to do that, and I believe that, which I, I can really do. I can respect and I can yeah. get behind. Especially for a character that's not as as well known, it's right. easier. Um, like, let's say, for example, Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Zack Snyder's Watchmen is almost a shot-for-shot remake of the comic, mm-hmm. and it succeeds on many levels as a result of that. But it also suffers as a result. I think the best example of going against the tr- the source material is actually Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Mm. Tony Stark is a terrible character in the comics. Yeah. He is. He's a a jerk he's an alcoholic he, they like they brush over a lot of that stuff because robert downey jr charming as hell, as hell yeah. man like he comes onto the screen and he's electric and yeah in the first movie he's definitely a little bit more and then in the second movie he's definitely like the yeah. cocky kind of yeah. borderline alcoholic so they, they do understand that and they do draw a lot from the comics but he is a big deviation from how he was oh, yeah. um so because well, good filmmakers know how to like take take something that's an existing property and make it into something new. like for example I don't know if you've seen it the the new Watchmen series I have okay that is something that is like a re- I think he uh, Damon Lindelof said it's a remix of Watchmen I believe is the term it, he it's used. a technical sequel to the comic book but they right. also do their own thing because they they do also unfortunately like and it's brilliant for some things you have liberties that you can do like um, Cobra Kai Cobra Kai is a great example mm-hmm. where. They don't have. They're not held down by the films because it's a. It takes place after. Mm-hmm. Watchmen's another good example. They're not held. They're 
they're like, this is what happened in the story, so let's build from there. Like, I, I would also, like, throw in The Force Awakens. I know it, and not everyone is on board with me with this, but... It is a really solid, exciting movie. That I, I really the, enjoy The Force Awakens. It plays the hits. It's kind of a remix of Star Wars. It's episode four. It is. But it's kind of its own thing at the same time. And it created characters that we really yeah, liked. They just you know? totally blew it in the next two. But. Which is, you know, The Last Jedi is a perfect example of giving that director too much leeway. Yeah. And going too far they with just, the, well, let's make our own thing then. But, so that that's where Star Wars suffers. So but we'll, we'll I get Frank Miller wanting to do his own thing with it, but he 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 needed the reins of Robert Rodriguez to pull him in and say you need to ground this in story. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can make something that looks awesome, but if you mm-hmm. don't have the story and the script behind mm-hmm. it, even though you have a great cast, like a lot of actors will say I don't agree Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is yes. a great example of he is, he is openly said I didn't agree with anything about Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, but I was hired to do a job, yeah. and this was the script I was given, so I'm going to give it 100% because that's I'm a professional. Respect. Mark Hamill. I love you. But um, unfortunately for a movie like this, where you have the great cast, like all yeah. these all these actors for the most part are, are have had long successful careers since, um, a, a very... I don't want to say unique visual because Sin City and, and uh, 300 had done it, right. but like the the sh- the movie posters are fantastic yeah. for this. Oh, you know the red ties and oh, the, you so know, many great shots and a lot of great things. But, but unfortunately, that doesn't make a movie. Yeah, you don't have the script. You don't have the director. He tried to make a literal comic book because because that and that's the problem. Sin City was a comic book come to life, and he tried to do that again, but he didn't do it as deftly and so like you know for example all of the over you know like when when he's saying you know the the city it's my city and everything and you know he's going off on the whole monologue that's very comic bookish oh but it doesn't translate to film very well you Mm -hmm. have to do something different with it it i mean there are some some things that work really really well it was very clear i learned this a lot from frank miller he loves 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 new york city yeah. He loves Daredevil. You mm-hmm. know, it's clear that he is. He loves water towers. He loves the heights. He loves you know looking down from rooftops. So you see that love in this uh, you know with the spirit and that where makes they sense. try they try and make the city a character, but it yeah. just it it it's only in the opening scene where it's like you know like yeah. convenient things like the snow and this and that. Like, it, like it, I will say, some of those shots of him. Going on the city tops and and running, oh, yeah, yeah. even running on the wires, I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's just after that, there's nothing else. It's kind of empty. It's Sam Jackson chewing scenery. Also, as none, a Nazi for some reason. Also, the spirit himself, the main, the titular character the, who the, should be the most likable. He was written for twelve year old boys. He's a low rent Batman. The the thing about the spirit in this is. They write him as if he is just perfect. He is, he's good looking. Gets all the girls. And the thing that bothers me about him getting all the girls is he doesn't try. He Mm. just does. And like all these girls, women fawn over the spirit. Like even when like, brush your teeth, kids. Ting. That's the only time you see his personality. But Rob and I, we were talking off air about some of the things about this movie and they have a lot of great potential themes that they they squander. Like Denny Colt and Sans Serif, they're both they're both young teenagers in love. 
Sans Serif's dad's a cop. He dies on the job, and she goes on television. She's like, I hate cops. And Denny's, you know, becomes the very thing that she now hates. Like, there's some good right. stuff there, some great parallels in storytelling. But they do nothing with it. Nothing. It's thematically void. Like, Denny Colt is, is a young cop who, who dies in, in the line of duty, becomes immortal because of the octopus experiments. But, like, and then he comes back, well, I got to protect this city no matter what the cost. Like, right. I, I get it. <laughs> I, I I understand, but like this this is Rob. You you're you're an English teacher, correct? So that's what it says on my paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, but this is storytelling 101. But like yeah. you're not at 101 yet. You're still working no, your way to it. This is like this oh, is I like this five. thing. I like this thing. I like this thing. Now let's put it yeah, right with this guy. You need to and have a narrative thread that ties it all together. You need to have character arcs. There's no arcs. There's no progression. None of the characters are at a better spot at the end, with the exception of Sans Serif, like I mentioned. But and it then, is such a bonkers movie. Mm-hmm. It, at, at, at no given point, like I will tell you that at no point was I ever bored. Because you, you're like, what's happening next? Like, what is this? Why is he doing that? What is going on? So if I just speak French when I'm about to be tortured. I still don't know what he said. I watched it a few times. Yeah. yeah. The, no, the captions don't appear on this one because Frank Miller doesn't believe in reading. Mm-hmm. But uh, he'll write a comic book. He. Yeah, I know. And I st- again, I got to go back to the Nazi stuff. Why? What was the point? There was why no are point. they? Why is there a giant picture of Hitler behind them and they're dressed as Nazis? I don't understand. Because he's evil. I d- don't get it. What's the easiest way to show how evil somebody is? Nazis. <laughs> I hate those guys. I, you know, it's funny. Melanie and I are watching Supernatural, and we're on season eleven. Okay. Um, and they just did another episode with the uh, the Thule Society and all that. Oh yeah. And literally, just like the Nazis appear on screen, she's like, "Oh, Nazis! They're evil." They're the bad guys. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, uh, Nazis, n- and never to downplay the severity of what had what had happened during World War mm-hmm. II in that scenario. We'll never, you know, be of that mindset. But Nazis have become an evil trope, a very easy evil trope. You throw in a Nazi, with the exception of Jojo Rabbit, where it's a uh, or, or life is beautiful. Yep, where you know it's it's used in the proper way in a narrative format. Unfortunately, this movie is just like, you know what would be really interesting right now during this villain monologue? Let's make them Nazi. They were all just – did you ever see um, – the ca- oh, is it called The Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, with, with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yes, The Cabin in the Woods where there's this great scene where – that's a great movie too. Oh, like, that movie, I got to show Lauren that one. That she movie is sub- like – because the trailers made it seem like one movie and then oh, it turned yeah. – but there's a scene where they're at the dark – like the – the board yeah they're oh, like yeah. all right so we got zombies and this, like <laughs> that's what this movie was it was an, a, a board of ideas and they were throwing darts yeah hoping like all right so we got neo-noir oh oh okay and uh nazi bad and guys supernatural death and uh, yeah, let, let's throw some greek, greek mythology, mythology. <laughs> and <laughs> this movie is just a hodgepodge of the weirdest like but at the same time it was what was popular at the time was it what was it <laughs> batman yeah oh yeah comic book movies sin city slash 300 style yeah. of uh visuals like beautiful women who really had no character development no Good- which which i might add in the commentary uh, frank miller keeps talking about how strong these women are i don't know what he thinks strong women are <laughs> 
Or actually, I do know what he thinks they are. That's just not what they actually are. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about really quick. Um, I mean, I'm going to pull. I want to get her character name right because it's it's Sarah Paulson's character, right? Oh, as Ellen Dorian Dolan, and she is just battered. She is a a, a victim in, of the spirit at this in this movie, where he plays her and like he was supposed to be in love and like engaged to her before he died. Like that was he, supposed to be said, his one true love. He said something about her in the commentary. He said, "I'd never seen um, feminine. What was it? Feminine? Uh, uh, shoot, just gonna come to me. Go ahead. You, um, you devotion. There it is. I've never seen feminine devotion before, and strong as I did in Sarah Paulson. And I wanted to keep that. And I'm like, w- w- I don't think that's what you think it is. <laughs> oh God, like she she's a battered housewife. Yes, yeah. and it, like it's it's hard. There are certain parts of this movie that are hard to watch. And um, yeah, like. He he never he, again. He doesn't learn from this. Like yeah, he, he like Sam kisses him at the end, and they're like, "All right, we're we're parting ways. This isn't going to work out." And he goes back to Ellen, and she's like, "Well, I saw this," and he's like, "You're still my number one, you know." And then Morgan Stern's like, "Sir, boobies." Can you ha- explain to me a little bit about that? Um, the character of the other policeman. What's her name? Morgan Stern. Yeah. What a I pretty what, lady. What planet is she acting on? Pretty pretty lady. She is the technical term in in the policing world is called a blue falcon. Oh, this is new to me. Right. Blue falcon is uh, somebody. There are two types of blue falcons. There are falcon with blue, a V with a no falcon falcon like the bird. Oh, okay. I just falcon. enunciated poorly. Uh, there's the ones that do everything. Okay. Give me every single job. I will. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it well. Like, 900 tickets at a single traffic stop by the people. <laughs> and then there's the Blue Falcons that will do the only the things that get them attention, and then do nothing else. Okay. So she is. She's a a headstrong rookie, and and I've seen it, and I've experienced it. She is. She is a very. She's a real police trope, which is. Okay. But just overdone completely. Uh, she is like, like I get her in the beginning where she's like, I'm, you know, I'm a new detect, I'm a new police officer and I'm, I want to make my, I want to make my mark. I want to do well. I want to, and the spirit in this is a celebrity too. Right. He, he's like a local celebrity where, you know, he's like telling the kids, brush your teeth, save this cat out of this tree. Like, and for the ladies, you know, whatever. <laughs> Go make me a sandwich. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> that's his attitude in this. And oh my God, he is a dated concept. And Frank Miller, I see. And the thing is, from what I gathered from all this, all the things that I watched, all the specials, Frank Miller is that dated mentality. Yes, Frank Miller is very like. As much as I love the Dark Knight Rises, it is a fantastic comic. It's dated, and the Dark Knight Rises Part Two is is terrible. Like, oh, I didn't read that one. Sleeping Dogs Lie, my friend. Sometimes you just gotta let them. But uh. Yeah, this movie, I, I, I have such a love hate with it because there's so much. There is so much potential for good. There is some great stuff in it. I'm just rewatching some of the trailers as you're saying this, and I'm looking at some of these great things. Let's not forget that at one point he's Sam Jackson is dressed as a doctor doing weird experiments, dressed as an anime character, as an anime character doing samurai moves, the Nazi doing the Nazi thing. He's he's dressed as a 
cowboy or something at one point like a pimp almost yeah. yeah and he's got those eight he looks like he has runny um mascara on his face but if you count them it's eight eight, eight of them yeah he's um, got eight of everything <laughs> yeah oh god and uh, i want to point out you know he keeps making the references to eggs oh yeah, yeah. you know what that is no frank miller doesn't either <laughs> frank miller says in the commentary he's like Oh, you know, if you're looking for an explanation about why he keeps talking about the eggs, he says, I don't have one. Quirks. <laughs> you wrote this. Quirks. I just wanted quirks. Yeah. Um, I, I got no, nothing else. Like, I'm, I'm just burnt out on this movie now. It's so, like, it's such a curio piece, though. Like, I can't turn away. That's why I just, I, it's brilliant in how bad it is. It's a car wreck. You just can't help but look. But uh, Star City rating for the spirit. <laughs> I know this this is gonna be rough. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. I give this movie for pure watchability a three. Okay. For pure moviness a two. I think if you're a comic book fan, this is a perfect example. This this is a historical movie. In in the way that I like I said before, this was the movie right before the Renaissance. This was when comic book movies didn't know what they were or what they were supposed to be. This movie is it's it's every it, it's a little bit of everything and it still doesn't work. It is a pure example of you can have the the best cast. You can have a great style of storytelling. You can have a big name director, but if he sucks and if your script sucks, no matter how hard you try and, and, and act and ham up and chew the scenery and, and have great action set pieces, you're going to end up with a toilet around Danny Colt. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That was a metaphor. The spirit is crap. Yeah. And I, But I still, if you're a comic book fan, and obviously if you're listening to us, you probably are, this is a movie that you need to watch at some point in your life. And, and it, it brings me so much joy that Rob said it himself, like, I thought I never knew something was missing until I saw this movie. <laughs> to paraphrase, but uh, yeah, for for pure watchability and historical value, I give it a three. As a movie, it is a two, and that is being generous. Rob, I I, I spent so much time reading other reviews too about this, and just what is most striking about the spirit is how little pleasure it affords in spite of its efforts to be sly, sexy, heartfelt, and clever all at once. <laughs> They're just... He, Miller shoots it, and this is another quote, Miller shoots it in the inky graphic style of Sin City, but he clearly hasn't a clue how to stage a scene or shoot it, and the singly fails, and he singly fails to animate his characters. Every once in a while, a genuine turkey escapes the coop bereft of charm or wit, utterly lacking in technical prowess. The spirit is such a film. Like, there... I have to rate this... This this is like a one and a half. This wow. is... Whoa. This Because it is so wrong on so many levels. Um, it is... I love the fact... Well, first of all, what what saves it from being any lower than that, I will say, is Scarlett Johansson for one, because I think she's actually really, really funny. As I said, um, some of the looks are like I love the red tie and the black background and, and the, the ink. It pops. It does definitely. Yeah. It's like wow, look at that image. It's like uh, Dwight's red shoes in uh, in, Sw- in Sin City. Oh, oh, oh Dwight oh, has right. his red shoes and the red car. Yeah, like, this one. Pop. He's got his Converse. <laughs> um, 
I, I can't. I have to add that whenever I saw what's the character's name? I mean, the actor name who plays Denny Holt, uh, Gabriel Gabriel Mack. Mack. Um, I so many times felt like I was watching Stephen Colbert. A little bit. Like he yeah. has that same sort of chin and vibe to it. So I felt like I was watching Stephen Colbert, action hero. Um, it is just so dreadful. But I also want to rate it for like three and a half, maybe even four stars. Because I think this is something everyone has to see at some point in their life. Because it's such a curios- a curio piece. You will not be bored. Like I told you, the first time I watched it, my jaw was on the floor. There's the no, there's no downtime in this movie. It's no. very like, and it's there. Like even if I didn't know what was going on or what was happening, at least I wasn't bored. At least I wasn't doing something else. At least I was engaged. Even it was, even if it was with, with total outrage and, and, and frustration, I was engaged. So I, I do want to still give it like, like almost a four for watchability. Yeah. But wow, as a movie, one and a half easily. It's yeah. it's just terrible. Um, yeah, and it's it's. I I long for the day when this is a bigger cult movie. I don't know why it's not a bigger cult movie because there's so many. Like Sam Jackson pulls out the biggest guns you've ever seen and starts firing at helicopters eight at them. one point. Um, no, this is after the eight. No, this he is, has eight guns. This is the, oh, he has eight guns. Eight guns. Okay. Um, or, or that you've got characters named Sand Seraph. I, I couldn't figure out the first time I watched it that that was her actual name. Actually, for a while, I thought Sand Seraph... Was one word? I No, I thought it was like an exclamation like, oh, Sand Seraph. You know, like... <laughs> I didn't know that was her name. But that's apparently comic accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the costumes, uh, the or lack thereof sometimes, are just like... It's a juvenile dream and an adult nightmare. I, I really wish, speaking of the costumes, that as much as I like the spirits look in this, I really wish they had done the white lenses. Okay. Because they, they don't do the black face paint like mm-hmm. like traditional superhero movies do, especially with domino mm-hmm. masks. Like Batman's very famous for it. If you watch Batman Returns at the very end, when he right before he rips off his mask, it mm-hmm. transitions to him not having the black eyeshadow on. Okay. And you oh, can, yeah, yeah. It's, it's blatant. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm really glad Pattinson in the the new trailer they actually show him yeah, with it on like it's realistic. Um, in this, I would have really liked if they had done the white lenses in his mask because I'm happily married. Rob, you're happily married. Yeah, that's um, what my wife tells me. If if I walked into the house with a suit on and a and a fedora and a domino mask, my oh. wife would be like, "What Pretty are you sure doing, she husband?" Would she wouldn't yeah. scream sta- stranger danger. Yeah, what are you doing, husband? Who I'm married to who's weird and does podcasts in the basement. Like, yeah, it's not a great disguise. This, this this movie is the American pie of superhero movies. It's made for teenage boys with teenage boys in mind, because at that time, that's who comic book fans were. We were nerds who couldn't get women and couldn't do this. And we weren't physically fit. Like that was the stereotypical. This is our audience. For the record, we are down in my basement recording podcasts. But Frank Miller has a, 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 a I, I won't repeat it here, but he's got a, a like about a minute long monologue talking about how sexy it is being an inker in that your your pen traces like it. He, he compares the pen to a, a, a hands and, and how they get to caress certain things, and I'm like, oh, it was it was I mean, creepy. Look, look at how 
comic female comic book characters have been drawn in, in years oh, yeah. past like which i might add i was very excited to see did you see um uh what's her name uh, natalie portman's car- uh outfit for uh, i'm trying i try not to look oh I don't she's look. badass yeah um she was in the comics too yeah. like I, I from what i was told it is very um very much yeah. um uh warrior-esque com- comic accurate yeah. Which um, in more recent years, co- female characters, especially like like Wonder Woman, got uh, long sleeves in uh, the New Fifty Two, like things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, th- it's not the male fantasy anymore. No, it's that's that. Those are empowered women where where it's you know they're not dressing for men to ogle to you know to undress them with their eyes. Yeah. They're there because they're they're strong women with voices and opinions and, you can and personalities. Still, you can also still pay homage to that stuff. Like Supergirl did a great job in their first yeah. episode where at one point like she's trying on different costumes and like how they work and at one point she does come out with like the the bare midriff and she's oh, like yeah. very uncomfortable. She's like why would I wear this? This doesn't make sense. Um you can like that's your homage. And then she gets a practical suit where she's got leggings and she's got the skirt. Yeah, but like and then she eventually gets a whole suit like that that's that's a fair homage, mm-hmm. like to to kind of poke fun at it. Uh, Supernatural, famous for poking fun at at their fans, like it, it, we can take it. We're okay. Yeah. Um, I don't <sighs> like this movie. Is just it is a a great cultural study of not only movies but comic book movies especially. And I highly, highly, highly recommend. If you have not seen the Spirit, no, I I I challenge you to see this. <laughs> yes, but uh, I think that's gonna wrap us mm-hmm. up. Um. Any final thoughts that you want to share, or we kind of go hit see it the spirit and, see, and, and watch, watch spirit. it. Be prepared to just be awed and disgusted and and outraged all at once. So we're looking at my previous dating life. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, so that's gonna wrap us up for tonight. We are gonna be back, like I said, uh, for our rated R superhero topic next week. Uh, don't forget, if you guys uh, want to show some love and support to the show, you can find us at our website, themisfitfaction.com. Every Monday, you'll find brand new content. Uh, it always gets uploaded both to that and to our Facebook pages, which is uh, the Multiverse Fancast and the Misfit Faction. You can also find our Twitter, which is Misfit Faction, our Instagram, which is the Misfit Faction. Oh, no. Instagram is also Misfit. I don't even know. Look it up. Let me know what it is. And then our YouTube channel, which is uh, the Misfit Faction Media Network. Uh, Every like, comment, download, subscribe, share, it really makes a big difference with us. Uh, Podcasts are an ever-changing and ever-evolving medium. They've only become more and more popular. If you guys have an Apple uh, product, you have Apple Podcasts. Uh, anytime you guys leave us a review, whether it's a star review or just something nice to say about us or even constructive criticism, we do enjoy it. We do learn from it. So anything that you guys want to do, even sharing it with your friends who you think might enjoy listening to a couple of guys just talking about things that you're into. Um, we're also at some point we do want to have guests on the show and we want to involve the fans a little bit more. So any feedback, uh, whether it's Fan Feedback Friday, which is every Friday on Facebook, or just in general, we love it, we uh, enjoy it, we learn from it, and uh, we want to talk to you guys. Sorry, we're not tackling your Fan Feedback Friday today because it's a day early for us when we're recording. Yes, we, we so, couldn't get together on Friday. So speaking of which, uh, we are recording on I believe today's Thursday, the sixteenth or the seventeenth. Uh, happy early Father's Day to all of our dads out Yay. there, especially Rob, Thank who you. is. Uh, not with his kid right now. Timmy's, Ter- Timmy's playing uh, Fortnite. Fortnite I think. Yeah. But um, it, when this comes out, it will be Monday. Happy Father's Day to all you guys. We will have some sort of nice post for all of our, our hardworking dads. And uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps us 
up. And thank you guys for uh, yes. dealing with us with no Ronnie. No. Kind of, we well, do miss Ronnie him. Ronnie, come back. Ronnie, come. I Snapchatted him already that we, that we missed him. But uh, that's going to wrap us up tonight. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Rob. And we'll be back in a flash. And Smorgasbord.